Alright, welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts and thank you for everything you do to make this podcast possible. Today is Thanksgiving Day and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Today, I do not have Martha with me. Martha and I are kind of on our break for Thanksgiving Day, but this is a joyful moment for me because I get a chance to introduce you to my brother-in-law, Fred Harmon. I have been trying to arrange and get this, this interview for quite a long time. But without any further ado, I'm going to turn the microphone over to Fred and give him a chance to give you the greeting of the day, tell you a little bit about himself, and you know how we roll. There's no practice, nothing set up. We go cold turkey and we go at it. So at this moment, I'm going to turn the microphone over to Fred. Fred, it's all yours. Uh, Hello, everyone. Uh, I am Fred Harmon. Uh, like Frank said, uh, I'm retired military, uh, 77 years old, been retired s- since 1993. Uh, I uh, pretty well keep up with what's going on in the country. Mm-hmm. And one thing that really bothers me is uh, how childish some, some of our grown-ups mm-hmm. are acting now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll give you, give, give you an example. Uh, uh, you got people that's uh, saying they love their country, mm-hmm. but they hate the people in the country. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who makes the country? Right. Without people, you have no country. Right. So how are you going to love your country and hate the people? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. And, uh, you know, you see it all the time when you watch the, the people on uh, the news channels. You go to one channel, they do everything in their world, in the world to try to make the President of the United States look bad. Right. Never have any, a kind word to say about him. And they think that's okay. It's fun to do that. It's not fun to do that. To me, it don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. The man is trying to do, run the country for us. Mm-hmm. We elected him to be our president. And at least we can give him the respect and the time and space to do what he's supposed to do as president. And it really bothers me. Fred, do you think the reason why some people fight against the country is because they have never defended the country? I mean, you have been to war. You have defended this country. And you have to defend this country even when this country didn't defend you. So we have a situation to where people are speaking their minds and they're acting out. But do you think that has to do with the fact that they have never been in a position to have that commitment to defend the country? Uh, I don't don't know uh, about the commitment part. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I tell you what, that would... would, uh, be good if they would uh, serve the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and, and that's a better way of showing your love than sitting around crying and, and moaning about how, how much they hate the president. Right. You know, get out and you do something for the country. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, certainly, certainly that would help if they would get out and do more, be, uh, do more to promote the country and help the country mm-hmm. than to criticize it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So what do you think that we need to do? What is it that bothers you most about this division that you are experiencing or that you get a chance to see? You know, you know, Frank, I'm a I'm gonna tell you something that uh, a situation I was in a while back mm-hmm. when uh, President Obama uh, first got elected president. Uh, over at the job, we had a little bench out in front of the building. We would sit out there and guys who smoke or smoke their cigarettes and just have conversations. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made a comment that uh, maybe America is not as racist as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And one of my white co-workers, who happened to be retired from the military also, he looked at me and he said, Fred, he said, do you think America is a racist country? I say, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and he looked at me, <laughs> he, he looked at me like he could. The thing is, he, he uh, was a lot younger than me. Uh-huh. And plus, he grew up grew up uh, in the state of Washington, out west. Mm-hmm. And uh, him being a young a young white person, he's never been faced the kind of discrimination and racism that a black man would face in this country. So yeah. I can understand why he can see the, he can't see America being a racist country. Right. But I grew up in the in the Jim Crow South, mm-hmm. and uh, I know what racism looks like, feels like. And 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 I I can I can see it and feel it. Right. But on the other hand, this this guy could not understand why I thought America was a racist country, mm-hmm. because he's never been a black person in this country. Mm-hmm. It's particularly in my situation, growing up in the Jim Crow South. Mm-hmm. But what were some of those experiences that you would like to just share that support what you're saying? Uh, okay, well, when I uh, came out of high school in 1963, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to work at the textile mills. As a matter of fact, we had about eight textile mills in my hometown, mm-hmm. Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then my brother-in-law worked at the mill. And uh, I always admired him. He, he, you know, he looked like he had a good job. He was able to buy a car and kept money in his pocket and everything. And I said, hey, that's, that's what I want to do. So anyway, after doing the month of June after high school, I went around to all the mills and uh, tried to put in an application. And the last one I went to, the receptionist, she took my application. And I was so happy that she would take it because the rest of the uh Meals I went to wouldn't even take an application. But anyway, I, just, I filled out the application and gave it to her. I walked out the door, and they had a little window where you could look back into the office. And as soon as I walked through that door, walked out of the door, she, I saw her tearing my uh, application up and throwing it in the trash can. Hmm. And uh, that's when I decided, I said, well, I had thought about joining the Army anyway. I said, well, I, it's time for me to go. Uh, and so I, I joined the army, uh, and I, I, was, I was I was just saying uh, the kind of discrimination you had when you look for job searches back then. We went through the one ads in the newspapers for for uh, job search, and uh, it would have 
listings for jobs. And those jobs that blacks weren't allowed to have, the last sentence would say, colored need not apply. Wow. They specifically had jobs that blacks could apply for and those that they couldn't apply for. Mm. So in other words, there were white jobs and there were black jobs. Wow. Now you tell me that's not discrimination. Right. You know. And I used to think, you know, uh, back when uh, I was in high school, we had to walk three miles one way Mm -hmm. uh, to school every day. And I wore out a lot of shoes. Mm. (laughs) As a matter of fact, sometimes I had holes in my shoes. And Mm. I used to see white children driving brand new cars in high school. You're right. You know, uh, which was fine. You know, it was okay because... I knew my parents couldn't afford to buy a car for me to drive to school anyway. Right. But I'm just showing you the disparity between well, the white white population and the black population. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, the, all the restaurants and, and uh, places like that were segregated, you know, during that time period, too. So, uh, yeah. You know, when you, when you grow up seeing that kind of stuff, you know it's racism. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but I, I chose the Army. I did well. Uh, the Army is one of those institutions where uh, uh, don't tolerate racism at all. Mm-hmm. Now, not saying you don't have racist people in the Army. Right. Uh, but if they are racist, they keep it to themselves. Right. And they don't try to impose it on anyone else. And I, I really like that about, uh, I think the Army is one of the best institutions in the country mm-hmm. as far as uh, treatment of minorities is concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, you get promoted with everyone else. Uh, you get the same assignments. Uh, it's just a wonderful organization. You get the same pay. The same pay, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. You, get the, you get the same pay. At right. least now you do. Right. Yeah. That was a time when you didn't. No. <laughs> you know, but but at least now yeah. uh, the Army, the military has corrected those behaviors to where you do get paid the same. Right. You can't get the same assignments. Right. And things of that nature. But Fred, do you like music? Oh, love music. <laughs> so we were talking about old school music once before. And I've always said, I love old school. Anyone who knows me, they know that I am DJ old school. Uh, what is it about old school that you like? And, and who were some of your favorite groups? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked the Temptations. Mm-hmm. I liked the Spinners, the Whispers, the Miracles. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> I, all your Motown, all your Motown folks. I mean, I was... Motown was it, uh-huh. and uh, but uh, the music—it was real music, mm. and uh, it was all about love, mm. and and uh, it it was you could dance to it. Oh man, it was just it, it had everything that you needed to make yourself feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that old school music—it can never be replaced. You I, look, I agree with it. That's the reason why I played. All of the time, you know. So if yeah. you're gonna deal with me, you know, old school is coming. Yeah. But I've always said that one of the greatest things about old school music, as opposed to today's music, 
we didn't have parental advisory. Right. Because we didn't think about profanity and things right. of that nature. Right. We could sing the songs that our parents were singing. Right. We could listen to those songs. Right. But we can also make up from a bad from a bad argument with our girlfriends and everything else. Mm -hmm. Is that the way you saw it as well? Absolutely. Uh -huh. Yeah. So what what it, what was it about the Temptations that you liked? Because I love them. Oh, that style, man. Uh, yeah, style and uh, and and and, and uh, the the way the music and the lyrics blend together, you know. Uh -huh. uh, and you could dance to their music too. You're right. Yeah. Were you a good dancer? I was okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was okay. <laughs> so, what, what was the best fashion that you liked growing up? What period was your best period for fashion? Oh man, I'd have to say the the sixties and seventies. Uh -huh. Yeah. And why was that? I mean, people dressed up then. You know, uh -huh. uh, you, you you know, I mean, they took pride in their appearance and. The, the clothes that they wore matched real good. Everybody was neat. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you fast forward, look now. You got guys, young boys don't even want to wear belts with their pants and have their pants sagging off down their behind and stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we took a lot of pride back then in our dress, you know. We used to wear uh, suits to the, to the club on mm -hmm. the weekends. Right. Uh, you know, the style... It was just it was just a different era then. You know, I really enjoyed dressing up back during the sixties and seventies. Why do you think so much care went into how we looked back then as opposed to what they consider they look like today? Well, that, I think it's uh it, it, social acceptance probably has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. Uh peer pressure probably has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. And just 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 a style that everybody kind of adapted to and and liked, and, right? You know, and then then too, you know, your entertainers had a lot to do with it because the way your your entertainers, like I mentioned, the Temptations, some other groups, those guys really, when they went on the stage, they were dressed, well dressed, right? And you know, a lot of that we wanted to emulate that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did. Do you believe that segregation or racism had to play a role in that? And the reason why I'm asking the question is because I know from where, you know, growing up in seg during segregation myself and growing up in Columbus, we were trying, our parents wanted to show that we could dress just as good as anybody else. They would fist those clothes up. Or, you know, you could patch those clothes. You could do anything. But one thing, they were going to be pressed. They are going to be ironed. They were going to be starched. They were going to be clean. It's, it was a message that we were sending as well. Did you agree with that? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing, the thing is, uh, if you are, if you were just, if the stereotypes that have been placed on, on, uh, on black folks, mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I, I tell you what, you know, they, they say that we don't bathe, uh, and you know, this, that, and the other, but, uh, black folks have to, we take pride in what we have. 
mm-hmm. and we make the best out of it. Right. You know, uh, and we try to make our appearance, uh, make a statement too. That we just like you. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not have all the things that you have, but we make the best out of what we do have, and try to make ourselves presentable. So when you're sitting down and you're thinking by yourself and you're assessing what is going on around you in the world, what things go through your mind as that you really wish that you can say and you want people to be able to hear it, that this is how you see the world? What would you say? Well, I I, I would say uh, uh, the world, I put it to you like this here. I think... Uh, hate is has consumed us. Uh-huh. Uh, I, 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 you got people that how can you just look at somebody you don't know them, never had a conversation with them, don't know anything about them, and just hate them because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. That's that's dumb, right? To me, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I think it's taught, it's been taught, and a lot of people are still teaching their children to hate. Right. They have to because they're getting it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and my, my guess is it probably comes from the people closest to them. Right. That's passing all this stuff on to these, these young people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and people not uh, being thankful, thankful for what they got. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we got, I tell you what, this country here has, is, it's got everything, mm-hmm. and you have access to it if you want to work for it and go out, go out there and get it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's we we we're the most blessed nation I've ever been to, and I traveled around the world, and people don't know how to appreciate it. Yeah. They still like a bunch of crybabies. Mm-hmm. Don't don't have no idea of what they have and, and how to show some appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I just look at them and shake my head. I said, and if they only knew, it could be a lot worse, mm-hmm. you know. So I think if people would appreciate what they have, stop hating on each other, stop making excuses, I think we'd be a lot better off. The last part of this, let's concentrate on, on parenting. And I'm not asking you to criticize parenting, but something is missing with young people. They have more time to themselves. They're involved in things a lot earlier, a lot sooner than we were, you know, introduced to. So how how do you see this as being either good or bad? Yeah, it's bad, man. Because mm-hmm. you know, you you gotta you have to take. You have to raise children. You can't let children raise themselves. They can't do it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be involved with, with, with uh, especially when they're young, you got to be involved with whatever they are doing, the activities. You got people now buying their kids uh, smartphones when they're eight years old. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when they learn how to use that smartphone, they're going to get information from the phone. They ain't gonna listen to their parents, but they want to know something. They go and look in the phone. That is true. Yep. You know, social media uh, is raising these children, and the parents are allowing it. Right. You know, 
And and if you don't raise them and teach them teach them the right values and and and, and the right perspectives and guide them in the right direction, they are gonna cause you some problems. Mm-hmm. That's why the jails are filled up now with these kids now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's gonna continue. You know, it, it's a sad situation. You know, but that's that's the kind of world we're living in now. Do you feel that we've kind of dropped the ball somewhere? Do you feel that the older generation dropped the ball? Uh, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. If you say the old generation, you're talking about my generation, yours? Could be mine, could be yours. Is it somewhere that we... Well, certainly we weren't perfect. Right. But if you say we dropped the ball... Mm-hmm. I I I don't know where you want to put that on the older generations or not. Right. I I, I tell you what I think part of the problem is mm-hmm. uh, 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 teenage pregnancies, uh, kids having kids, mm-hmm. and uh, nobody to raise them. I, that, that's that's a big problem. Right. Uh, and uh, now those people, a, a kid that's, that's uh, Grow up in a, a, a two-parent home, mm-hmm. got a better chance uh, than a kid that's, that's, that's got a single young single woman trying to raise a child by herself. Right. You know that's it's a lot of that going on, mm-hmm. and it's been going on for quite some time, and you can see the results of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're seeing. So many kids now are misdirected because they hadn't been raised properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know. Successful kids don't come from a single parent, but we are talking about the difference between having that two-parent home versus a single-parent home. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Fred, do you have anything that you would leave us want to say to our guests before we close out? No, the thing I would say is if you live in this country, count your blessings mm-hmm. <laughs> because you got you got a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I would like to thank you for participating in your first interview with Old School Thoughts. I hope it was painless. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I definitely will invite you to come back. And then the next time we'll have Martha with us so that you and Martha can get a chance to know each other. And we have a three-way on the phone and and you get a chance to uh, talk to us more. Okay, Frank. Appreciate it. I appreciate you too. All right. And to our guests, I would like to say, you know what I always say, you know that I love you. And until next time, be good.